eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the CBS Radio Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza, welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, you have a Halloween party, right? Yes, I do. I currently have 19 children under the age of 10 running around my house with How many of them were in Lubbock, Texas on Saturday? <laughs> Uh, don't know. Seems like maybe a few of them actually, but. Okay. So frequently on here, it's a rapid reaction podcast and people want the takes, sound bites, the goods. Sometimes you can be prisoner of the moment. I think after the pit game, you thought fortunes may be better in the long run for this team. After the Kansas game, you're thinking, oh my goodness, you lost to Kansas. Well, guess what? Kansas turns out to be an okay football team. Went healthy with their very good quarterback for as long as he's available. Um, other things happen in between. You're trying to get a feel. Beat Baylor. Look good. Make some things happen on defense. Oh, my gosh. They got it turned around. And then Neil Brown goes out and matches the largest margin of defeat in his career. The other 38-point loss was in his first season against Oklahoma. Chris, we are not going to confuse 2019 Oklahoma which played a lot of that fourth quarter with its foot over the break. With 2022 Texas Tech, which played most of the fourth quarter with its foot over the break. This is a 48 to 10 loss. And every question that you might have wanted to or thought would have had dirt piled upon it and then patted down with a shovel just 10 days ago. It, it seems like it's one of those horror movie skeletons where the arm is popping out of the grave now. And here we go again. Yeah, I thought you and I have discussed Neil Brown's job security over and over again on this podcast. And then both of us have felt and heard that it was not something that was likely going to happen midseason. That that things were not that dire, not that pressing to get anything done. One, You know, obviously, I was about to say one way or the other, but the one way that everybody's thinking. Um, 
And then I think that win over Baylor kind of quieted even the pe- the biggest skeptics, the people who thought it was still going to happen. And it felt like that conversation was over. And then, like you said, this, it's like a horror movie. It, it, it with the Halloween, you know, Michael Myers never dies. You, you shoot him and you think he's dead, and then boom, there he is again. Those conversations are going to creep back after this because I tried to go back and look at it, and I tried not to be, as you put it, a prisoner of the moment. I, I tried not to think that, you know, I just didn't want any recency bias. This is, and I'll sleep on it, but I feel like this is the worst loss since he arrived at West Virginia. I, I oh. feel like. You know, the 38 points is the most. It is tied for the most uh, points that West Virginia has lost by under Neil Brown. Um, But it's more of a different thing of like 2019. It's different. Like it just felt different because in 2019, it was a young team. West Virginia was a young team. They weren't able to really compete with some of these teams that just clearly had better talent. And even looking back at the Texas game earlier this season, you looked at it and you think, maybe Texas is just good. They're just better. And for large portions of that game, West Virginia was in it. You know, obviously they fell behind way behind, way behind early. But then, what did, you know, what did the coaches say? Hey, we won the second half or won the last 40 minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> but it's still coach speak, but at least it was still something. Today was nothing. Today, there was not one instance during this entire day, this entire game, that it felt like West Virginia was competitive with Texas Tech. And Texas Tech, no offense to the Red Raiders, because they are a decent team. They got a good coach. They are not some team that is just clearly outclassed West Virginia talent-wise. They're just not. Like Unless every recruiting analyst and scout has gotten every single player completely wrong for the last five years. Like they're similar talent wise, somewhat similar talent wise. And you would never know it by watching today's game. Not even close. A 300 yard passer. A one in his second career start, by the way, a 100 yard rusher, a 100 yard receiver, six for six in the red zone, six for seven on fourth down. 594 yards of offense. Um, West Virginia, four turnovers. Texas Tech, none. Everything that you and I talked about, and it's not just you and me. We're not some football savants who can look at a stat sheet and see things that no one else can, right? We don't stare at it long enough, and then the answers come to us. It's not like one of those one of those uh, dots that you look at, and all of a sudden there's a picture there in the middle. Hey, speak for People yourself, could have seen though. this coming. Yeah, Uh <laughs> Everything that either Texas Tech did or did not want to do, Texas Tech did not do or did. West Virginia, again, I mean, say what you will, but they 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 have a path. Like, they have a, a, a lane they like to get in. They like a groove to follow to victory and just never got in it. Um, this was never competitive. Am I wrong? It was never competitive. No, it, it absolutely wasn't. And to your point right there, all those things we talked about. I mean, we spent a long time on the preview pod and in the three key matchups and the fresh set talking about just how bad Texas Tech's offensive line was. Not just one, one guy, all of them. Would you have known that watching today's game? No, no not at all. I, I get that Texas Tech did some quick passes, especially early. But West Virginia's defensive line or the pass rush in general was non-existent today. 
Zero. None. Against arguably the worst power five offensive line in the entire country. And not just the passing game, but even the running game. As as we also noted in, in those previews, they ranked, was it 111th, 118th out of 130 teams in run blocking grade from Pro Football Focus? They weren't even clear in run, like lanes, for their rushers. It sure looked like it today. They had clear paths all day long, it felt like. Um, Blake Donnell. Sorry, Bryson Donnell. He gets a mop and gets to carry the ball a couple times. Eight carries, 49 yards. He comes in in like with 10 minutes up in the fourth quarter. He would have been the leading rusher for West Virginia by 16 yards. West Virginia ran 26 times for 73 yards. And again, like, I don't, I don't want to say the game wasn't competitive. The game wasn't competitive. But even when it's 14-0, 14-3, even 17-3, the offense isn't so bad, isn't so anemic that you can't run the ball. And, like, they ran the ball 26 times, which is fine, but they also threw the ball 40 times for 209 yards. I don't know what the game plan was. I'm very curious to see what the deal is there. I think sometimes you just use your eyes here. And when you're throwing the ball sideways again and again and again, and when you are alarmed when you see a vertical pass, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you think you can get something on screen passes? Perhaps. Have we seen West Virginia succeed consistently on tunnel screens, bubble screens, whatever? Not really. Have you seen West Virginia make a ton of contested catches up the rail on vertical throws? You have not. And what happened today? Nothing. They, they tried some balls up the left, up the right, slot fades even, and just don't have guys who can go up and get it. I would say two of the interceptions are probably, I don't know, 50-50 balls to Reese Smith and definitely Bryce Ford-Wheaton where the receiver has to play defensive back. You just have to, or at least give a better effort, or any effort on the ball didn't happen. And, and Chris, I just wonder, like, are we not seeing that? Are we seeing these quizzical, short, quick throws because James Gamitter isn't playing and Wyatt Milam is out and they want to protect their quarterback and offensive line, or because they just don't have a way to create separation and get open vertically? Uh, I think it's B. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, I question the, the all the all the screen passes in general. Uh, five in the first quarter alone, and I think the last four of them, uh, Tech got a hand on a West Virginia U receiver in the backfield on a receiver screen, like behind the line of scrimmage, got the hand on him. Um, There was another play. uh, So it was the third quarter. West Virginia's ball is 24-10, 24-3, I think. So it's not exactly close. Again, it wasn't really competitive most game, but West Virginia goes downfield, kind of downfield. It was, uh, uh, what, a stretch bootleg kind of throw to Traylon Davis for a 16-yard reception. Then a downhill straightforward run to C.J. Donaldson, six yards. C.J. Donaldson run, 16 yards, first and 10, moving down the field, Texas Tech territory, 30-ish yard line, screen pass to the receiver. And again, there's four Tech defenders with two receivers out there, loss of two yards. Now you're behind the line. You're behind the sticks. And and that was really killing them. And and again, it's weird to say because – you're right that I'm not sure there's there has never been a lot of separation by receivers. It's one of the very first things you and I talked about after the pit game about how West Virginia was kind of lead, leading whatever it was, the conference or the nation or something 
in that first week of contested throws or contested targets or contested catches or all of the above. And it was like, that's great that you're making the tough catches, but that's also indicative that you're not getting open. Like you're not getting separation and that's a bad thing. And it's coming back to haunt them now, which is then forcing them into these screen passes, except West Virginia doesn't have the Tavon Austin, those jittery types that can catch it and make moves and get out there in space with that screen pass. I just don't think they have that talent either. Which, well, <laughs> that's not a good spot to be in at the receiver position. I don't know where to begin here, except the beginning. And this is repetitive now, just deficits at the start of game. This is three straight games with double-digit deficits in the first half. And came back from one, did not come back against two. I would love to know what Dave Aranda and Jeff Grimes and um, the Baylor staff is thinking right now. Like they go out, they get a great win against Kansas. They're eating their cheese sandwich in the hotel, watching this and going, wait a minute, what happened? Lost by 38, the tech. And just like, how did that get away from Baylor last week? I don't know. Maybe West Virginia played above and beyond, but then also you look at the turnover line and that was a huge factor last week. And West Virginia just didn't make plays defensively today, like time and again and again, like I was saying this before West Virginia was, well, the opponents were seven for 10 on third down on fourth down this year, seven for 10 Texas tech started six for six. And they finally got out the field where they blitzed and, and, and got a stop on fourth down. It didn't matter, but just like it, it was just bizarre. I, I'm looking now, like, have you seen the stats, Chris, for the number of plays? Not yet, no. Would you like to guess? Just the spread. How about the spread? Not even the number. Let's want to guess the number. You tell me. 103 to 66. And and like that's forty eight points and like also one hundred and three plays thirty three fifty one of possession I just like anything that West Virginia wanted to do couldn't do it and some of its game plan some of its the other team doing stuff but also like there was nothing terribly exotic about what Texas Tech did I didn't see any trick plays I didn't see any dual quarterback thing I didn't see a quarterback handing it to a quarterback and a quarterback throwing it I didn't see stuff that would be like oh my gosh I never thought of that just kind of played their game and and piled upon them one hundred and three snaps for almost six hundred yards. Good work. Quarterback, very competent. And that's bad because a team coming off a bye is going to have some advantages. Sure, I get that. But, man, just just an avalanche of snaps and yards and positive plays. I, I had to look at it here. I'll see coming into the game, Tech had 124 plays of 10 yards or more in six games. So north of 20 a game. I, I got to think they added to that today for sure. And all the fourth down stuff just seemed like it maybe spooked West Virginia early on. Even when you had a good result on third down, it didn't matter. Stay on the field. And just Tech played its game and played it exceptionally today. And West Virginia just never got in the front foot. And again, I don't want to say it's not competitive in the fact that it was 17-3 to and West Virginia was driving for points, maybe a touchdown at the end of the half, 17-6, 17-10 at the half. Cool. So in that sense, it's competitive, right? There's a what-if there. But there were so many what-ifs in that first half that ultimately, Chris, three points is three points and a half. And when you follow that with seven and you get outscored 31 to seven in the second half when it's a do or die moment, it, it just says volumes about where things are right now. And especially starting the second half of the fourth season. And you're just kind of running out of time and excuses and explanations here, it seems like. Yeah, the the offense was dreadful. That was something that I felt like it was teetering between average and very good it felt like there were moments where it could be very good but you saw too many drives stall out which which made it a little closer average or at average at times throughout the season and today it just looked dreadful it looked completely everybody was off kilter everybody was off timing wise uh there were some effort situations um 
I'm trying to recall seeing so many stretch runs. Was that like, I mean, I know they did that a couple times, but it was, it, it felt against tech again. It, it's so many of these times it felt like tech knew what was coming before it came. And, it, and it's not like, Oh yeah. Wide receiver. They're just guessing wide receiver screen every time. But even on some of these stretch runs, every time West Virginia would run them, it took almost like two full seconds to get that handoff to the running back. Yeah. And Tech's already in the backfield because they know, like they they know that it's going to be there, that it's going to be this stretch handoff. And I think the only time that West Virginia really bootlegged it or faked that stretch handoff and then went the other way was that aforementioned 16-yard pass to Traylon Davis. So something's off with the offense that I think Tech in their film review finally caught up to. That that each week it feels like teams are getting closer and closer to kind of figuring it out, maybe figuring it out, but West Virginia ekes out a few more points and it's okay, but tech figured it out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Concern. Um, down a tight end. Don't trust a ton of receivers had been down a running back and then we'll, we'll get to the running back thing here in a minute. But I wonder how much window dressing West Virginia can do with formations of personnel right now. Not an excuse explanation. There's a difference there. Grab your stethoscope, Chris, grab your, your, uh, doctoral skills here. Ready? Yeah. You pointed this out. Tech ambushed pert near every wide receiver screen. How? Tuck, I, I got no answer for you. I mean, they've obviously seen something. I know West Virginia runs it a lot. They do. I, I feel like they run it more than most, but I have never seen a team be on it the way that they were today. Can I get a screen and go? I uh, haven't seen it yet. Like, where was that? Like, just like, rather than throwing into a crowd of six people, like, just pump it, maybe, and hit it up the rail. But then again, somewhere in Graham Harrell or JT Daniels' head is the fact that up the rail – that's not necessarily a positive play, too. Let's talk about running backs, too. Donaldson, 12 carries, 33 yards. One is a 16-yard gain, so 11 for 17 apart from that. Can't take the 16 away from him. It was a good run, but you can tell the kind of day he had. Mathis, 7 for 33. Johnson, 3 for 14. Mathis and Johnson, 
I think I'm right here, did not take a snap in the second half. No, both got hurt. Uh, Donaldson so... looked gassed, if you ask me. They have this is not his fault, okay? Missed last game, has not practiced a lot. And when you're in protocol, you're limited. You can't do things. They do not let you and, and your way back is baby steps. But also before that, they were they were wondering how many plays can he play? How many snaps can he play? How many handoffs can he carry? So let's just agree to say conditioning right now for a true freshman who was a tight end when he came on campus, not his strength, okay? They only travel with three running backs. They left Jalen Anderson and Marquand Rucker home. They're traveling with four quarterbacks, Chris, yeah. on a 70-man roster. This is quizzical to me, but again, perhaps you're just nitpicking here. Do they need a fourth running back today? Is Marquand Rucker or Jalen Anderson going to make a difference? I don't know, but for a while, the running game may have worked. Don't know. We'll see. I just thought that was something that stood out, like they could have used another running back today. And who knows what the deal is with Anderson. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Just a very strange thing to me. Let me ask about Daniels. 23, 36, 194, one touchdown, career high, three picks. Um, I don't know. It just it, it didn't seem like he was off. It didn't seem rattled. It just seemed like they never strung together enough plays in a row, save maybe one possession, where you thought, okay, now it's back on track. Okay, now he looks like himself. Now the offense looks like it did for three quarters against Baylor or three quarters against Kansas when it was at its best. I don't know if that was the pass rush, if he was seeing seven or eight defenders dropping. Some drops. I'm sure that hurts his stats. I'm not sure it hurts his confidence. For a guy who's been in command and has been so good at taking what's there and throwing guys open and putting the ball in a good spot, those things have been there before. No question about it. Level of competency and then from that confidence for the offense absolutely exists. Wasn't there today. I had to go back and watch it, but I'm just not sure he was in great situations or was given or making great decisions out there. And playing behind the eight ball is not something they're good at. No, I think uh... – you know, looking back at his games, I kept mentioning there were you know, whatever the ratings were, 70, 65. It was always average to above average. There was never a game where he was just amazing, and there hasn't been a game where he's cost West Virginia the game. Now, he didn't cost West Virginia the game. This this game was a full, complete team loss here. This was Everybody had a piece of this one. Um, but he certainly contributed the wrong way today because he had some throw off throws. He had some, like, again, I, I wonder how much they keep telling us that he has all the decision-making he wants at the, at the line of scrimmage. And there are times like some of these screenplays where you are seeing two receivers, but four defenders over there. Mm -hmm. Why are you throwing a screen? Like there has to be an option to opt out of that, to call something else, to audible some other way, because that plays dead before you ever snap the ball. If you're going there, that play is negative yardage 99% of the time. The play is dead. You have to get out of it. And today, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know if he was just not seeing down the field correctly because at one point, I mean, it, the numbers are bad enough at the end with all the interceptions, but I'm talking about the, the, the average depth that he was throwing down the field. It, right before half, right before the last drive of the half, he had thrown 19 times and had 68 yards yeah 19 times for 68 like that is unfathomably bad that 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 is such a small number such a small yards per attempt that that's the kind of situation where you get benched for like it, it which i'm not saying jt daniel should be benched but those are not good numbers and that is just a sign of somebody not willing to throw the ball down the field 
But then again, I mean, who knows his targets better than he does? I think we can all agree his preparation, his knowledge, his wherewithal is top floor, right? It's penthouse level. We've all been impressed by that this year. Does he know something? Does he feel something? And then how prohibitive is that? This just seemed this seemed to me like it was not in line with who and what we'd seen so far. And then again, you can only call the plays sometimes that are there. And look, sometimes there might have been it might have been like that, but they just didn't block it great. That the guy didn't make a right cut or whatever. But just the repetitive sideways throws seemed very unusual to me there too. Um, I can't think of a better or worse. Or I would just say maybe this is the best quickest way to get out of this, Chris. But just some back and forth questions. One. For me to start. Okay. Does the post game news conference matter at all? Because you're ducking out. You're going to go have, you know, bobbin for apples, little trick or treat at the house. I got to listen to Neil Brown. And I'll be honest with you like, how do I say this? I don't want to say I don't care, but like, I saw a team with a backup quarterback, maybe third string quarterback, an offensive line that isn't great. Um, Go up and down the field. A defense that does a couple things well, which is play man. And then a receiving group that has a ton of receivers because they incorporate a ton of receivers. Make a ton of plays. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, oh, lacking cornerbacks. Well, the cornerbacks haven't been very good all year. So from not very good and not healthy to what's worse than not very good and not healthy. You know what I mean? Like, you're already kind of at the basement. Um Offensive line injuries, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I'm not sure Jordan White's a, a, a sub-advert or sub-optimal um, replacement. Tomas Rematch played a lot, didn't play very well. My point is that you could probably do some things here, and, oh, turnovers didn't do that. Oh, got off to a bad start. Yeah, it did. Absolutely true. Turnovers did hurt. Bad start did hurt. There's a lot of ways you can explain this away that makes sense, but when you also step away, it's a 38-point loss in the seventh game of the fourth season, and just I wonder how much patience people are going to be willing to offer Never mind have in a situation like this. Uh, can I get out of this, Chris, or do I have to do it? I saw somebody, it's related, I'm not going off on a tangent here, that tweeted, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was because somebody sent it to me, um, but about Neil Brown's post-game press conference saying that they could basically ad-lib, um, or what's it, what, was that, what are those books called where you just throw in the, the word? Ad-lib. Yeah. The his entire press conference based off of just piecing together quotes from the past, because I think we all know that it's going to be mostly coach speak. Um, There's not going to be much to take from it. And again, some of the the excuses, the reasons that these things are happening are they are personnel. They are. But. That's year one excuse. That's your favorite term, year zero excuse. Oh, God, this is year five. This is year five. Personnel problems are nobody else's fault anymore. They're just not like I get transfer portal sucks, got hit hard in the offseason, but that's the name of the game nowadays. And any personnel issues that you have, unless it's just an un like just a ridiculous amount of injuries that are just out of your control, like still, but even still, you got to say you have to have depth there. And that's just not the case. And it can't be, it can't be personnel issues in year five here. And I mean, that's that's my thought on that. I, I You can dip out on it if you want, because I think we know what's going to be said, but <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Let, you ready for my question for you? Hit me. This is a, a trivia-type question. How many three touchdown-plus losses does Neil Brown have in four and a half years? 
Over, it's, under, would you like to say over, under seven and a half? It's eight, isn't it? It is now nine. Is it nine? Okay, I knew eight so was the ball. This is time. nine. Okay. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. Seven so of our Big 12 games too, correct? Yeah, this is number nine. I didn't break it down by conference, but yes, yeah, so 21 or more points. West Virginia has lost by 21 or more points nine times in four and a half years. Um, I mean, numbers on scoreboards matter at some point. They just do. And like when you're looking for aesthetics and you're looking when you're looking for reasons not to do something, man, you, you got to help yourself there. Yeah. And, and and this is again, this isn't a a lot of these happened in 2019 when, you know, when he was dealing with, you know, shortages of scholarship numbers and he was in his first year and all that stuff. I mean, you look at it this year, there's two in the last three games. Right there. Go back to last season, and you have the Baylor loss. That was 25. Oklahoma State, 21. Um, Kansas State's only 17. But still, there's four right there in the last, what, almost one calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, not great. I mean, October 9th, yeah. That's almost almost four in one full calendar year. Okay. Uh, mine for you. Uh-huh. Are you allowed to call timeouts in the first half? You are, especially um, – on defense, offense, defense, both sides, I hear. I wasn't sure because I was watching a team just be like third and ten, screw it. We'll get six, seven, eight, we'll go for it. And get six, seven, eight, and go for it. And the defense couldn't line up, couldn't sub, couldn't look at the formation and diagnose it and adjust and just said, Oh, this time out is an orange wedge, this time out is a Capri Sun, this time out is a banana. I'm gonna snack on them at halftime and we'll be good. And just got burned by fourth downs again and again and again. I forget the stat coming in, but I think that Texas Tech had something like 40 points on drives that were extended by fourth down conversions. They had 17 in the first half. I'm not saying you get a stop on all three of them. Maybe you get a stop on one. Hey, timeout. Don't go so fast. You're trying to do something I don't want you to do. I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to use one of my three timeouts. Didn't do it. I I just want to make sure I had the rules right there. Like, I don't understand targeting. I thought if an offensive lineman tried to catch a pass, that was a penalty. I'm not up on all the rules. I understand that. But I was pretty sure he can call timeouts in the first half. So thank you for alleviating that worry for me. The 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 fourth down things, I mean, that has to be just infuriating. Watch just seeing there was one play, it was fourth and again, there it's it's hard to remember which one it was because they converted six in a row. But it was fourth and about three, fourth and two, and two receivers to the near side with one defensive back. Oh, yeah. And the defensive back was seven yards off. I get, you know, it, it's far away from the quarterback, and it's all about angles and stuff, so seven yards off that far out is not that crazy, even at fourth and two. But the whole two receivers with one defensive back, where, where's, where's everybody at? Who's, who's defending what in that situation that there's only one defensive back out there trying to cover two wide receivers? And Tech just runs right up. And and to your point, this is what made me think. I was like, why is no one calling timeout from the sideline on this? Because it's it was plain as day that it was wide open. Tech saw it. Anybody watching the game saw it. Like, you have to call timeout there. Like, you're not lined up correctly, and you're about to let them convert on a fourth down on a key situation. And instead, you let it roll out. Tech quarterback says, yeah, fine, great. Pitch, catch, nice and easy. Soft toss out to the side. First down, not even a sweat. Um, yeah, got to call timeouts in those situations. I'll have to check out the, um, I mean, maybe watch it again. I don't know. We'll see. But it just felt like 
a lot of those third down plays are screens inside or short stuff that you got to chase and tackle. And you're kind of heaving, like you're big guys, you're playing a lot of snaps. Like they played 50 something snaps in the first half. So in the forward part of the game, yeah, man, it's hot out there. You're probably breathing heavy. Just get a breather. Like just stand up for one play and just, I don't know. That just seemed like something to me as it was happening. Maybe it makes a fix. Doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I just don't know. And again, they had their timeouts late in the half, but they walk in at halftime with one timeout left because Daniels makes, let's go over that. Uh, if this is your question, I'm sorry, Chris, but like good idea, bad idea on the slot fade to Reese Smith when there's still upon the catch six seconds left in the clock there. You can walk off with no worse than three points there. They get zero. Yeah, there, there was a lot going on in that play. Yeah. I, a lot of contact to start. But again, it's near. Uh, was it within two, three yards of line of scrimmage? So I think it's okay as long as it wasn't actually holding, which I guess is up for interpretation. I didn't think Smith kind of fought through that very well, and I didn't think the throw was very good. And then the tech defender ended up making a great play. So it was like all four things had to happen for that pick to happen. But that's just if you ha- if you're going to throw that throw, it has to be long. It can't be short. It can't. It has to be outside or long it can't be short and inside and it was short and inside two vertical throws into that wind too um mm-hmm. it was uh, it was windy hey <laughs> any questions for you chris how much longer does this have to go this pod i mean oh <laughs> thank, you. thank you for clarifying uh not not too much longer there i was trying to think if i had one or more for you but that's probably it um, here's something else too west virginia 209 yards passing texas tech 233 yards after the catch receiving that kind of day uh mm-hmm. 239 yards rushing for texas tech 73 for west virginia uh, you could do a lot of things here to make it look bad make it look as as bizarre or as unexpected or as telling as the 38-point margin on the scoreboard is, uh, the 38-point margin on the scoreboard kind of does the work for itself. And now here's West Virginia going into five games, got to win three before you lose three if you want to be bowl eligible. Um, and again, the the old uh, fireplace starts burning again. This one threw another log on the cinders to see what happens. It's going to be hot for at least a couple of days before right now one of the top 10 teams in the country heads to Morgantown for a game that I mean, if you think that Texas Tech was good on offense today, do or don't watch TCU. Uh, <laughs> be advised, they're very good on offense. Yeah, it doesn't get it any easier from here. I, I think, you know, we talked about how tough that those couple games were for West Virginia, and then you look at the schedule and you say it might be tougher in the second half. So not great news for a West Virginia team, like you said, that needs to win three before it loses three to get bowl eligible. Coming up on the site, somehow or another, Three things I think, three things I know. We'll get you some snap counts, which ought to be interesting because so many personnel variables were in here. Running back, offensive line, even receiver, cornerback, the defensive line, a lot of new people in there. Asani Redwood, who, by the way, thought was kind of nice sometimes I saw him today. So some players that had not popped up or who maybe played more than expected, we'll capture all of that in the snap counts. I hand it off to you, Chris. Uh, perhaps you can do more than 2.8 yards per carry here, but what do you have tomorrow? I'll have snap judgments up about the Big 12. It was a busy day. Um, you're going to have the report card with PFF grades. Got a couple new offers out on the recruiting trail that I'll have updates with. Uh, and then we'll move on into next week with, uh, you know, I, we'll have our usual schedule with Neil Brown availability, coaches availability. Uh, we'll have to check. Uh, do we get Bob Huggins this week? I, mean, I know it was Big 12 media day last week, but I can't remember. It's Monday. They play Bowling oh, Green. Oh, very interesting. Hey, hey, have a. 
Have you heard? I, I, I got a 50-50 shot of getting this right. Are they making shots, or do the guys like each other? Oh, no, I haven't heard that. Is that true? I just heard <laughs> that the Falcons were supposed to be very good in the MAC this year. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep that under my uh, lapel here and go. Okay. I hear a lot of screaming in the background. I don't know why you're airing a replay of the game, Chris, but, hey, kudos to you. You do you. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.